0: Welcome, we're glad that you're here, and uh, sorry, I like to move around, so I'm just going to go ahead and get rid of this. If you have your copy of God's Word, please open it up, turn it on. We're going to be in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 is where we're going to be, and so if you would go ahead and uh, open up your Bible or turn on your copy of God's Word, that would be great. We uh, are currently in a series simply called Wise Man, Wise Words. Wise Man, Wise Words. And We've been kind of going through Scripture, looking at different things that people have said or that we have learned um, uh, from scripture and we've talked about guys like uh, John the Baptist, we've talked about Solomon, we've heard some good stories and so I figured today uh, Pastor is off at youth camp uh, this week and so uh, be, be praying for him and that God will move and use him as he's up there in Miami, it's not Miami, it's Miami, uh, Oklahoma. If you're from Oklahoma, I don't know why they pronounce it that way. Uh, they have some weird names up there, huh? Because, yeah, because they're from Oklahoma. Like if you've driven through Tulsa, there's like a place called Okmogi. What in the world? Who named stuff that? Anyway, yeah, it, yeah. You know the best thing that comes out. You know what the best thing that comes out of Oklahoma? Oklahoma is 35. Okay, I'm here all week. So anyway, we've been talking about wise man, wise words, pastors off. He's, he's up in uh, 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 Miami, Oklahoma there, and uh, he's having a good time. So please be in prayer for him. But we are here now and we are continuing to talk about uh, this series, Wise Man, w- Wise Words, and we've talked about, of course, Solomon, John the Baptist, some other guys. And I figured today it'd be good if we just took a little bit of time and we looked at the wisest man that ever walked the face of the, this earth, and that's Jesus Christ, okay? And so let's look at some of the things uh, that Jesus said. Now, we know this, is that Jesus spoke in parables. A lot, Actually, a lot of his teaching... Sorry. A lot of his teaching... Um, Uh, when he sat down with groups of people, instead of going out and just giving a whole bunch of points and people write notes, he spoke in stories. And the reason why he spoke in stories is because, number one, stories are easy to remember, right? Stories are easy to remember, okay? You'll tell a story and then somebody, one of your friends, they might tell the same story you told. You know what I mean? They might say, hey, there was a friend of mine, and this and this and such and such happened. You know why? Because it was a story. It was easy to remember. And you were able to to communicate what happened. And so what Jesus does is when he teaches, he doesn't go point by point by point. He doesn't give you ten reasons why uh, he's the Messiah. He doesn't give you ten 10 uh, 10 ways to get closer to God. No, rather, he teaches in a story, in a parable. And so in Luke chapter 15, there is a litany. There's about three parables that go bam, 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 in which Jesus is teaching and he's talking. And so we're going to look at one of these famous parables, and it is about something that somebody lost. Okay, we're going to look about something that somebody lost. Lost, And it was uh, Neil Gaiman that said this. Nobody gets through life without losing a few things on the way. Nobody gets through life without losing a few things on the way. How many of you have lost something? All right. What have you lost? Okay, car keys, yeah. What else? Watch. Did someone say watch? Somebody said sanity. Yeah, you've lost that. I'm with you on that. You have kids, you're gonna lose that real quick. Huh? What did you say? I lost a decoder ring. When I was you lost a decoder ring. All right, big stuff. Yeah, that was last week. <laughs> Which cereal box were you digging in? All right. What, what, what else have you lost? What have you lost? Cell phone. You've lost your cell phone? Okay, now they have Find Your Phone. Did you use that app? No, because you didn't have a cell phone to track it with. All uh, right, what else? Yeah. You lost a graduation ring? All right. What else? Huh? You lost two wives. Okay. I'm not going there. Next. wedding ring. Your wedding ring? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've done that. We've done that. Yesterday, or yesterday afternoon, um, I... I was eating lunch, right? And I was eating lunch. My wife was doing stuff around. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. Wait for the story. I'm sitting there, and uh, and I'm eating eating lunch, and um, I have my sandwich there. And as I'm eating my sandwich, of course, you have chips that go with the sandwich, right? You have chips that go with the sandwich. And I don't know about you, but I'm a honey barbecue twist guy. Y'all know what I'm talking about, the honey barbecue twists that Fritos have. If you've never experienced them, it's like Jesus made them himself, okay? These things are amazing. And when you eat a sandwich, it is important that you have a good chip-to-sandwich ratio. In other words, you should always have more chips when you are done with your sandwich, okay? If you finish your chips before you finish your sandwich, guess what? You don't have enough chips. Can I get an amen? If you finish your chips as you finish your sandwich, you still do not have enough chips. You should always have leftover chips when you eat your sandwich. Can I get an amen? All right. That's why I hate going to like Baker's Brothers and they give you like that little bag of chips. and like, dude, I need more chips. Right. Because we've got a lot of sandwich here we need plenty of chips. And so what happened was, is I did what any good husband would do. My wife always complains, he never put anything up. And so what did I do? I put chips on my plate, there I had my sandwich, and then I put the chips up, right? I put the chips up. I did exactly what she told me to do. I put the chips up and I said, hey, and all of a sudden I realized as I was getting close to finishing my sandwich, my chips were all gone and my chips to sandwich ratio was over. Okay, And so I said, aha, I have more chips. So I went back to the pantry, I opened up the pantry, and there my chips were, no, were not there. My chips were not there. I had no more honey barbecue chips. But I knew because I opened a fresh bag of honey barbecue chips, and now they're gone. And I'm the one that put them up. And I somehow, I lost the chips. Now, how in the world can you lose a new bag of chips that I just had 10 minutes ago? I don't know. Do what? Yeah, Alzheimer's. Thank you. And so what do I do? I start opening the cabinets up. And I'm like, I don't know where in the world. And so then I scream, honey, where did the chips go? She goes, I don't know. You had them last. And that's the truth. Because I was the only one in the kitchen at the time. My kids are out of the house at the time too, so I can't blame them. Where in the world did I put the chips? And I have no earthly idea. And then I'm like, well, let me get a drink of water while I'm thinking about it. I open up the fridge, and there's the bag of chips. I accidentally put the chips into the refrigerator, all right? Now, I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but today Jesus is going to be talking about a story, giving us a parable that really, quite frankly, a lot of us can identify with because we've all lost something. We've all lost something and we've been in that panic where, you know what? I got to find it. You know, some of y'all, you said, I lost my wedding ring. Some of you said, you know, I lost my decoder ring. There are times in our life when sometimes we lose something and we have got to find it. I mean, life does not go on until we find whatever it is we lost. And from this parable... It really shows us two things. Number one, it shows us the desire that man has to find something that is lost. And two, it gives us a quick glimpse of heaven. And so let's look at this simple parable that Jesus talks about. In Luke chapter 15, verses 8 through 10, it says this. Or suppose, so he's teaching now, okay? Or suppose... A woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she, doesn't she light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents? Real quick, two thoughts from this passage. And thought number one is, is, you will always seek what is value. You will always seek what has or what is of value. You will always seek what is of value. It says this in verse 8. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until... She finds it. When you lose something, it becomes extremely frustrating. And most of the time when we lose something that is of importance, we search and we search and we search and we do not give up the search until we find it. If it is not important, then guess what? We go, eh, I lost it. I'll look for a second if I don't find it. I don't really what? Need it. I don't really need it. And so we just give up. But if we lose something important, all of a sudden we go into panic mode. And we begin to turn the house or our office or our car inside out, trying to find that which... We lost. There are three types of reactions when losing something. The first kind of reaction is this. You say, no worries, I can replace it. The second type of reaction is, is, well, I'm going to look for it. It's kind of nagging and it's bothering me, but I'm sure it will turn up. In other words, "Eh, I kind of need it, but kind of really don't. At least at this very moment. But then there is the third reaction, which is life does not go on until you find it. Life does not go on until you find it. The law of search says this. The first place to look for anything is the last place you'd expect to find it. And so a woman, this woman, she has lost her coins. And it has thrown her into a panic. Why? Because it is of great value to her. She had ten silver coins, and now she has nine. Based upon this passage, and when Jesus is talking, he is talking about a lady that has ten coins. She has lost one, and so there's one coin missing. When you look at the value of this silver coin in today's world, Uh, or back then in today's money, back then it would be roughly worth 18 to 19 cents. Okay, But see, back then, that was a whole day's wage. So when she lost that coin, she's lost a whole day's wage. If you translate that to our money today... Let's say you make $22 an hour, which is about the average uh, amount of money an American makes today. $22 an hour. That turns out to about $176 a day. So for this lady, she's lost a whole day's wage, roughly $176. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a lot of money. If you really don't have a lot of money, $176 is a lot of money. And guess what? That is a whole day's wage. And so finding that money is important to her. Why? Because she's probably on a pretty tight budget. We don't know the situation of this lady. We don't know if she's a widow. We don't know if she has children. We don't know if she's a stay-at-home mom and her husband is working and he's out there working hard and doing the very best uh, that he can. We don't know her situation, but here's what we do know she's lost a day's wage and she's panicked about it, and so she is going to seek and find it. For us in our lives today, there is something missing in our hearts and in our lives. There is a hole in our heart that we try to fill, and people go out into this world and they search. For something that will fill that hole. And some people, they search and they look to the bottle. They look to the bar. They look to drugs. They look to pleasure. They look to possessions. They look to other religions. Thinking that they will find something that will fill the hole in their heart. We talked about some of this stuff last week. We talked about how people will try and go and make great achievements and make great, a great name for themselves. Or how they will seek after pleasure. Trying to find that something that will fill their heart. Scripture talks about seeking God. Scripture talks about seeking God, and it says this in Psalm 14, 2. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there is any who understand. Any who seek God. First Chronicles 16, 11. Look to the Lord and His strength. Seek His face always. Luke 12, 29 through 31. And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it for the pagan who runs after all all such things and your father knows that you need them but seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well seek the kingdom seek after god if you search hard enough search long enough and turn over every rock go out there and look for some it is easy to find god for others They search in all the wrong places. And for most of us, sometimes we search in all the wrong places. If I lose something in in the house, why am I looking for it at, at the office? Right? If I lose something there at the house, why do I look at the office? If I lose something in my car, why am I looking in the backyard? That doesn't seem to make any sense. Yet that seems to be what we do. This lady, she she loses a coin in her house. So where does she search? Inside her house. Why? Because that's where she lost it. Deuteronomy 4.29 says this, But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find Him if you seek Him with all your heart and all of your soul. If you search... For God, you will find him. There are four types of seekers in this world. There are four types of seekers. The first seeker, and there are four types of seekers specifically for God. Okay, People are trying to fill their lives. People are trying to fill their hearts. And they are looking, and they know out there, even an atheist will admit, I think deep down there, there might be a God. You can look at the studies on that. And they're trying to find God. There are four types of seekers for God. The first type of seeker is this, is that they think it's a joke. They look at it and they think it's a trick. They go, eh. This whole Jesus thing, it just really doesn't make sense. There's got to be some sort of trickery. There's got to be a lie with it. I don't know if I can trust the information. Some men, they just don't even care. Nah, I don't really care. I know a lot of men like that. You meet them, you say, hi, they, you know, you kind of ask each other what you do. And I say, you know, well, you know, I'm a minister, I'm a pastor. And you know what, some guys will say, oh, that that's great, good for you. They don't even really care about God or they think it's a trick. The second kind of seeker is those that are observers. They sit down and watch. They sit down and they just kind of watch and they and they look. You come to church and you sit down and you look and you watch. And you go, "Oh, yeah, that's 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 pretty good. I enjoy watching it." You know, it's kind of like watching kids Easter egg hunt. You can't do it and so you, what do you do? You just kind of say, well, you can do it, but you'd be laughed at by, by all your friends and family. But you, you sit there and you just watch and you draw pleasure from, hey, everybody's having a good time out there searching for Easter eggs. But here's the, 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 the reality is that if you're sitting and watching, eh, you really don't care that much either. You really don't care too much about that either. The third type of people, the third group of people, are those that search and then they give up. They search and they give up. They look just a little and they go, eh, I gonna give up. Eh, it's not really worth it. Or you know what? It'll come up when it comes up. Or even, I'll just go to God when I need Him. Just take it in little bits. But then there's the fourth group, and those are the ones that are passionate about it. They earnestly, passionately seek after God. And when you look at this lady, she turns her house upside down, trying to find this coin. I am trying to find This coin. Dylan Cannon says this. I was seeking a real love, a real deal. And I have been seeking it for a lot of years. And in that seeking, I found that God's love is real. I found that God's love is real. Most people fall into the first three categories of seeking God. They fall into the first three categories. They think it's a trick. They don't really care. Or they'll sit back and observe. They might do a little research and say, Well, you know, I've looked it all over. But I just don't know. Few people earnestly seek after God. Psalm 107, verse uh, 8 and 9, it says this, Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for mankind. For He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Look at what you find, or look at what you receive when you finally find the Lord. He satisfies the thirsty and He fills the hungry with And this leads us to our second thought in this parable, as we see that Jesus gives us a glimpse of heaven. Jesus gives us a glimpse of heaven. And it says this, and when she finds it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. She finds what she has lost, and she says, Hey, guys, come on up! You'll never believe this. I've found my coin. Let us rejoice, for that which was lost has been found. And then Jesus turns the parable, and he says this, In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who... Repents. Just as this lady rejoiced and found this coin, so does heaven rejoice when somebody comes to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Man, there is a party. Have you ever found something and you've done this? Woohoo! I got it! You ever done that? Don't tell me you have never done that. Have you done that? Yeah, yeah, you have. You go, woohoo! You say, honey, I found it! And what does she say? <laughs> Good for you! <laughs> I found it! And one of the people, woohoo! You got it! Man, you're excited about it. I can't believe I I lost it and now I found it. I've worked so hard and I've searched and I've searched and I've searched and now I've, woohoo! And here's the deal, gentlemen the same thing happens in heaven when somebody comes to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. There, a name gets written into the Lamb's book of life, and what do the angels do? Woohoo! They rejoice. They celebrate. Say, oh man, can you believe that? They found it. They found Jesus. They found salvation. They found eternal life. And Jesus gives us a glimpse of heaven. Jesus gives us a glimpse of heaven right here. and, And we see a couple things. Uh, from this. First of all, we know that heaven is our permanent home. When you look at the passage, it says, And I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. We know this about heaven. Number one, heaven is our permanent home. Heaven is our permanent home. John 14, 2 through 4, it says this My Father's house has many rooms, and if it were not so, would I have told you that? I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Man, there is, there is a house and my room is up there. My room is up in heaven. I don't know if it's finished yet, I don't know what's going on, but I got a room in heaven. (laughs) That's exciting. And get this, God says, Jesus says, you have a room, you don't have a closet. But we have a room and we have a permanent home. Heaven is also a new beginning. Revelation 21, 4 through 5, it says this, he will wipe Every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, and the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these are the words are trustworthy and they are true. They are trustworthy and they are true. Here's a new beginning. We get a fresh start. Heaven is a place of great feasts. Get this. Revelation nineteen eight through 9. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Then the angel said to me, write this down. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And then he added this. These are true words of God. These are true words of God. In other words, we're not fibbing here. We're not making this up. This is really going to happen. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Man, what did we do this past weekend? We had July 4th, and what did we do? Man, we gathered around the grill and we cooked burgers and hot dogs. Did you know that July 4th is the number one day for the consumption of hot dogs? Over 150 million hot dogs are eaten on July 4th. Did you know that? That's just an interesting fun fact. You can take that to the office with you and impress all of your friends. Okay? 150 million hot dogs are eaten on that day. Yeah, yeah. All the <laughs> a lot of comments now. All right? Uh, This past weekend, for the first time, have y'all ever had a brisket burger? I'm telling you, it will change your life, okay? All right? But I didn't know about it until, what, we were standing around the table getting ready to eat. Everybody's fired up, ready to go blow something up. And guess what? I look at these patties. I'm like, these things look different. My dad goes, these things are brisket patties. I said, so what does that mean? He goes, well, they take the brisket. And they grind it up, and then they form it into a patty, hence a brisket patty. And I'm telling you, it will revolutionize the way you eat a hamburger, okay? Change your life. It's amazing, all right? But there is joy, and there is, as we gather around the table, hey, there is such great joy and so much fun. Hey, listen, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have my own room. Hey, listen, there is such great joy in having that. Hey, listen, there's a place where things will start anew. We always like something that is new and fresh. Hey, there is such great joy. And then, fourth and finally, we see that <clears throat> heaven is a place that is simply indescribable. It is indescribable. 1 Corinthians 2, 7-9, No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden, In that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen and what no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him.